Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. And thank him for a miracle today. Thank him for a miracle in your life today. I expect a miracle today. I said I expect a miracle today. I expect a miracle today. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing today, Lord. Thank you for your blessing, your miracle. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your blessings and your miracles tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight, I want to share with you from Luke chapter 4. How many are expecting a miracle of the Lord today? Today, I want to share with you about the anointing and the covenant. And um, there are two things here. You know, when you get to a place in life, you begin to try all options. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You begin to try different things, different options, different ways, and often different ways are a sign that you've reached a place where you don't know what to do. If you look in medicine, when you get to a subject where there's so many things written, Nothing is so clear. It's a sign that the people don't know what to do. And there are many things like that. Are you listening? Tonight is a special breakthrough for you in Jesus' name. Do you believe in breakthroughs? So, tonight, I want you to receive a special breakthrough. And it's going to come in two ways. And you are going to have to pick the way that you are believing God for a miracle tonight. Amen. Now, I don't know what miracle you need, but life is quite complex. And it's such that, it's made such that everybody ends up needing a miracle. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'll say that again. I say life is so complex that at the end of the day, everybody needs a miracle. You didn't hear me? I said, life is so complex that at the end of the day, everybody ends up needing a miracle. How many want a miracle tonight? You see, and as we sit here, we are not like all of us are sitting in wheelchairs, or we are all blind, or we are all deaf, or we are all deaf and dumb. But the complexity of life is such that if we start going into everybody's life, you are going to find out that everybody needs a miracle. And those who don't 
think that they need a miracle are at a certain stage which we call the pre-Sinyazo stage. <laughs> are you listening to me? The pre-Sinyazo stage of life is the stage where you are in control of life. You get it? And when you are in the pre-Sinyazo stage, you talk in a certain way. Next year I'll do this. Next week I'll do this. Tomorrow I'll go here. Uh, next, next time I'm going here, I'll do this. That's what the Bible says. A certain rich young man said, my, my harvest is so much. I'm, I'm working hard. Things are working out. And so he says, tomorrow I will uh, expand and I'll do this. Next year I'll do that. And the Lord said, no, no, no. I'm sending a certain sinyazo to you tomorrow. <laughs> so anytime you hear somebody talking, try to decipher whether this is a pre-sinyazo or post-sinyazo speech. Or intra-sinyazo speech. <laughs> you, you can often hear whether people are in pre intra or post sinyazo stages of their lives are you listening to me and so uh, the way things go in life you'll find out that you end up needing a miracle and a touch from the Lord so at a certain point in your life you need to have different options now, God is not a computer. You get it? In fact, God is such that, in our walk with him, is such that he will show you that he's not a computer. I tell you. For a computer, every time you press A, A comes. When you, even your mobile phone, when you press one, two, three, four, one comes. When you press one, two, one comes. When you press three, three comes. When you press four. You see, but God cannot be pressed like that. You get it? And when it's just press dial or send or whatever, you know, it happens. No, 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 no. You can ask, especially the experienced people who have worked with God, post senior pastors or intra-sinyazo pastors. That is why, you see, I read a book by Mike Maddox, which really uh, gave me some wisdom. In the book, he said, write the book that is on your heart. Write it now. Don't wait, because later you will write the same thing. You know? When I look at some of the things I've written, if I was writing now, I wouldn't write in that way. So it's good I wrote them then because otherwise I wouldn't write them. And the way I wrote it then is helping a lot of people. You get it? Are you there? So it is important for us to flow with the Spirit. Now, you will discover and you will learn 
as you walk with God, that God doesn't have any particular formula. In fact, this is one of the most important. Do you know why they can't get a, a, a vaccine for HIV? Do you know why? Because the virus has various forms. I mean, to simply explain to you, it has various forms. And so every time, you know, unlike the small, the smallpox virus was a very simple virus to catch because it didn't have different shapes and forms. I'm speaking in a simple way. I'm not using medical language. So when they designed a vaccine, you know, to just catch it so that when the virus is moving, the antibody just, antibody IgM or Ig whatever, goes to just attach to it then the virus can't work anymore. So if they know you're going to be exposed to smallpox, they will give you a bit of the, just a little of the uh, smallpox thing, you know, a little, so that you de- your body develops a reaction, develops the antibodies that will fight it. You get it? So they were able to do that, and they've actually eradicated the disease from the world. You know, that was quite clever. But here comes a Siniazo virus. Now, a Siniazo virus is uncontrollable as compared to the smallpox. And it has different shapes. So, when they come up with a, a vaccine that has antibodies, we catch it, then it changes. Now, it doesn't work anymore on the virus that is there. And so, that is how God is. God has made himself like a Siniazo uncontrollable entity whom we cannot control and will never control till we die. So that when we come up with our formula that three hours of prayer every day makes your church grow, soon he would sinyazo the thing so that three hours of prayer doesn't work anymore. I was talking to a pastor, he was telling me I can pray four hours, tongues, I can pray six hours tongues. I can pray eight hours tongues. Still, the church is not growing. <laughs> Relax. It's a sinyazo. <laughs> it has beaten all of us before. But thank God the serpent has beaten me. I did not die. <laughs> Paul was beaten by a serpent, but he didn't die. You shall never die in Jesus' name. They will bite you a thousand times, but you won't die. Hallelujah. And as life goes on, you find out that the formula keeps changing. That's why today I'm coming to give you two formulae. Because one, (laughs) when you apply, easily something can change and you see that it will work. Amen? But I believe that God wants us to actually depend on him and not on a formula. Do you understand? That is why the formula that we have does not work all the time. If that were the case that fasting moves God, oh, a brother was telling me, I fasted for, he said, look, the year 2000, I fasted 40 days, 2001, 30 days fasting. Last year, 30 days fasting. This year, 30 days. I'm tired of that. Relax, relax. <laughs> it's not easy. 
I tell you. How many have fasted before the prayer, did, the answer didn't come? Raise your hand. Yeah. Because God has made himself just like the HIV virus. When you think you have got the formula and it just changed like that. See that? You need to actually know God personally. Not, not a formula or a strategy that is three hours prayer, two days fasting, one hour Bible reading, two hours listening to tapes, three hours working with God, prayer work, communion, whatever. That's why today communion will heal somebody, tomorrow it will heal the person. Because God is not in any of these formulae, and that's why we have the whole Bible. And that's why Jesus' method of healing was so varied. At times he would go to the place and perform the miracle. At times he would stand there and say something. At times he would lay hands. At times he would speak. At times he would spit into the ground and mix it. And at times he would anoint that thing. And at times he sent his disciples out to go and pray for people, anointing them with oil. All these were different methods. And none of them, you know, was the method. All of them were methods. The Bible describes Jesus laying hands in Mark chapter 6, where there were people who were not believing in him. He laid hands. Rarely do you see Jesus laying hands. But that time he had to lay hands. That was at the place where people don't believe. Forgive us, Lord. So, ladies and gentlemen, decide today to be open to God's method of doing a miracle. And that is why Naaman the Syrian was rebuked by a little child when he was asked to go and bath in the river. Naaman the Syrian said, Look, I am the man I have come. I thought he would come out of his house. It's not every time the pastor will come to you. But I thought he would come out. I thought he would come to the bath. I thought he would lay hands on me. Nothing like that has happened. I thought he would say a word. Nothing like that has happened. He has rather sent a messenger to tell me to go and have my bath. I have already had my bath. And that is the way God has decided to bless you. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to open your heart to whatever method God is going to use to bless you and to bring your healing into your life. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 4, amen, it says verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he hath sent me To heal the brokenhearted. Amen. And to preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them which are bruised. Amen. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Today, God is healing your broken hearts. Amen. But before he heals your broken heart, he is bringing good news to your poverty. One, two, three, four. Receive deliverance from poverty permanently in the name of Jesus. According to the word that you believe, it shall surely come to pass. I said, it shall surely come to pass in your life. Every poverty spirit and the spirit of foolishness that makes us poor, we bind it in the name of Jesus. 
be loose into the spirit of prosperity in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Do you know why God has to send his anointing? Do you know why? You know why? Brother, sit up. You are soon going to sleep. Sit up. Reginald, sit up. Listen. Try not to sleep. I'm not going to preach for long. Amen. Let me tell you something about let me tell you something about poverty. Poverty is such that uh, if it has turned into a senior zone, no matter how you work and no matter what you do, uh, you can do and uh, you will never prosper. You will never prosper. I've been in Ghana for some time. I'm also a Guinean. I'm also a Guinean. <laughs> I've seen people abroad. I've seen them everywhere. I say, poverty, eh? if it turns into a sinyazo and an uncontrollable something, look, you will try savings. It will work. You will try working. It will work. You will try offerings. It will work. You try two jobs. It will work. Three jobs. It will work. You try business. It will work. You try education. It will work. But I've got good news for you tonight. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has anointed me for people with poverty. He has anointed me for people with poverty. So even though you will find out that all these things, you know, and I'm telling as I'm ministering now, these are the miracles. So be receiving them, please. Receive it in your heart. Receive it in your mind. Receive it in your belly. Because God is touching you right now. There comes a time when you have tried everything. Look, these are the seven ways to come out of poverty. Savings. Saving. Cut down your expenditure. Investment. Sell your phone. Uh, frugality. Uh, 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 what else? Get, sell your house. Uh, 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 rent a cheaper house get a cheaper car uh, don't spend a lot of money on this don't spend a, man, a lot of money on that and you try to do it's like slimming slimming is like that slimming is a sinyazo <laughs> you say I will eat this I will eat that I will do this I will do that I will skip I will do this I will do that and the thing will be sinyazo in you every day And that's why Jesus came and, 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 and brought an announcement and said, you know something, I've watched you trying so many things to try to make yourself prosper in Ghana and wherever you are, but I am announcing to you that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. He has anointed me to preach good news. I said to bring good news to the poor. I hear the sound of good news in your ears. So be blessed tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And then he had sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted are receiving healing tonight. To be brokenhearted means to be disappointed. 
How many have been disappointed in this life? Young ladies, have you been disappointed before? <laughs> what does it mean to be disappointed? To be disappointed means that what you were expecting, that's not what happened. To be disappointed means that you were thinking things were going to go this way and things went another way. And you were so surprised. One day I was with uh, a pastor and he was, uh, he was talking. You know, some people were criticizing him and laughing at him. <laughs> and he said, one day, these people, they will see something that they cannot control. He said, he said, he, 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 he went beside like, said, one day, they will see something that they cannot control. And when they, when that thing comes, something that you, you, you move it this way, it moves this way. You move this way, it moves this way. It's just moving independently of all your maneuvers. Then you know that, except God, helps you and tonight i come to announce to you that god has decided to help you three steps to prosperity you've tried it seven steps of prosperity principles of this reasons of this yeah do this i'll do this i'll do this this will work when i do this this will happen when i still and so your heart is broken and when you are broken hearted you are disappointed you find it difficult to believe in the greek the word is santribo it means to shatter it means to crack it means that it's broken you know and it means that it's leaking and when your heart is broken and it's leaking it means that faith leaks out it means hope leaks out so as you are there you don't have faith that's why a lot of older people don't look springy and joyous they look quiet and down when they see us jumping around they say they are young they haven't been santribled before or they haven't seen sinyazo this is pre-sinyazo dancing post-sinyazo dancing is not so excitable <laughs> but i tell you even after sinyazo you can give the Lord because when you remember that the serpent has beaten you but you didn't die then you know that yes Lord I can rejoice in the Lord I still have joy and I still have peace hallelujah so ladies and gentlemen I thank God that he has the ability to heal our disappointment if anybody has been around for some time he will have had some surprises. I remember when I bought a tipper truck, I thought I was going to be a rich man. <laughs> it was a beautiful it was a beautiful it was a beautiful tipper truck. Bedford TL sixteen thirty. It was the engine. Beautiful blue. Big head. And it was a special track because it was automatic. And I thought I've got a beautiful thing. Then I, I, I took, I, I used all my money, even borrowed money to get it. 
when I got it, sent it to work. They were working. And they said, as they were moving, the gears wouldn't change. I said, oh, oh, my life is in this car. <laughs> I have made so many projections and so many calculations. How many have made some calculations before, but it didn't work? <laughs> How many have made some projections, but it didn't work? All my future is in this car. All my savings is in this car. Even I could have bought a house with this car. The money that I used to buy this car. So, I said, wow. Because I remember when I was buying, they really convinced me. A certain guy from Germany, I mean a Ghanaian from Germany, he had convinced me to buy this. Oh, it's very good. Oh, and I said, automatic. He said, oh, automatic is even better than a manual. <laughs> so, I started to look for somebody who could repair the automatic gearbox. <laughs> and then they guided me to somewhere. When I went there, I arrived with them. I said, oh, this car. We know this car already. I said, oh, you know this car? Oh, before you bought it, we, we knew all the troubles. <laughs> we knew all the, we, we know this car. We have even repaired it before. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> the guy from Germany has repaired it there before. And you see, they made it work so that it works once or twice when you are buying it. It will work at the place that you are buying it. Pray for all those buying home secondhand things, I tell you. I tell you, I was brokenhearted. And I embarked on a long journey. You know? But today, it is as though it didn't even matter. In the end, I had to organize so many things before I could even be free. But I hear the sound of the Lord telling me, tell you that after a certain journey, this broken-hearted experience will vanish like. Because today, it's a joke even to me. It's funny. When I remember, I laugh. But in those days, look, I remember my wife was working at uh, Attorney General. One day she went to work. Our room, the hotel I was staying, I was, I was staying in the hotel there. It had a blue carpet. That's when I knew the smell of the carpet. Because I lay on the floor from morning to evening praying over my track. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I had heard a certain testimony where somebody had said that he saw somebody told him that they went and did juju on his car and they put the car on a certain hill. And that unless they move the car from that spiritual mountain, the car will never work. So as I was praying, I was transferring my child from any mountain or any hill. But today it's a joke and I preach and I say and we all laugh. So shall it also be the things that have broken your heart. In some days to come you will be laughing and joking and telling people the story. And they will be laughing and they will say how did you come through? 
and you say the grace of the Lord picked me from where I was and put me over the mountain the still serpent beat me but I didn't die you know I had a vision and I was standing behind a fence and I saw two snakes have you seen an anaconda before I don't mean a python or a cobra I'm talking about anacondas I saw two of them and they were both one would go like this and the other one was behind it and they wanted me and they would come like that and then they would turn around have you been to the zoo before where you saw a tiger or whatever going like this and like this and they were going and I was standing there and I look at the fence a very thin fence from that time anytime somebody greeted me I would say the serpent couldn't bite me because of the fence Thank God that certain things cannot happen to you because of the fence. <laughs> Hallelujah. But later I saw that Paul, he was lighting a fire. And he was beaten by a serpent. But he didn't die. You shall never die in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know today that God has something which is beyond you. You see, you get to the place where you see that this brokenness in your heart, this man who has left you, this feeling that you have, this disappointment, uselessness of life, of everything you have tried, it has become like a sandcastle. That there is somebody, you see, he, he said that the spirit of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord, and that's why we are here tonight, because tonight I want to pray for you. Because see, there are some things we can solve by preaching, but there are some things that by the anointing of the Spirit of the Lord. I hope you people have oil. By the anointing of the Spirit of the Lord, God can do a great thing in your life. And I see God touching your life, healing your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. To preach deliverance to the captives. What has captured your life today? Somebody said, ah, what is deliverance and what is captive? I don't know. You are pre-Sinyazo. But after Sinyazo, you, you will see certain things which can arrest you. Everything that has arrested your life and has put you within certain four walls. Let me tell you something. I believe God for you tonight. Nobody should be a prisoner in Ghana. Did you hear me? I release you from every captivity in Jesus' name. You should be in Ghana because you want to be in Ghana. Not because there's no visa to go out of Ghana. Not because you can't go out of this place. I see you having every visa that you need in the name of Jesus. Do you believe in anointing? I say, although you don't qualify, God is going to give you the visa. Although they may look at your face and say that you, you will never come back. God will give you the visa. And, and you see, when you have the visa and you are staying here, it's more powerful than when you don't have the visa and you are staying here. How many want the visa and you stay? How many want the visa and you go? <laughs> so, people don't understand when we pray for visas, people don't understand when we pray for visas. They think we are just praying for something. But God says, I'll, 
my anointing will set the captives free. Hallelujah. And then it says, and recovering of sight to the blind. Amen. God is going to make you see things that you could not see before. Some of you have not yet seen your husband. By the anointing, you will see, your eyes will open and you will see. Some of you cannot see your wives. But God is anointing your eyes today. Some of you cannot see your children, but you will see your children. When Samuel went to the house of the Lord, to, to Jesse's house, they brought all the children, one by one. When he saw this, no, this is not the one. 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 And he said, I can't see the one amongst these ones. I can't see. I'm not seeing the one. Maybe I'm not seeing the prosperity amongst the few thousands that are coming. You're not seeing what you want to see. But I tell you something. Believe me today. As many as believe, I promise you tonight that God's power and God's anointing on your life can cause you to see what the devil says you will never see. You will see it because of the anointing. I said you will see it because of the anointing. Do you believe in such things? Do you want such things in your life? Do you want to see things you have never seen before? Some of you have never seen the inside of an aeroplane before. But you shall see the inside of an aeroplane in the name of Jesus. Some of you, you are seeing a lot of sisters, but you are not seeing your wife. Begin to see her in the name of Jesus. Some of you are seeing a lot of brothers in the chair. They are just moving. They are just moving. But you haven't seen your husband. Begin to see your husband in the name of Jesus. seen a lot of children walking around but your child you haven't seen it you shall see your child in the name of Jesus may God open your eyes the way he opened Samuel's eyes it was because of the anointing on Samuel that is why he was able to say I don't see the one amongst these ones but when the anointing was upon him and then they brought a very funny person who in the natural didn't look like the candidate because of the anointing he was able to see and said this small boy is the one the one who was out there on the field he is the one may god open your eyes to see what you cannot see in the name of jesus spirit of the lord is upon me and then he says to set up liberty them that are bruised Sometimes we are hurt and the hurts cannot go. Sometimes we are offended and the offenses cannot go. You know, I have seen one thing cripple more people than anything else. And that is people that are hurt and offended and wounded. And God is saying today, he wants to set the wounds. How many want to be able to be free from the hurts? You know, I don't know what it is, but when I see somebody who is offended, I can always see. You know, 
I, I just, I just, I, you don't have to tell me anything about your life. Maybe it's the anointing, but I, I, I feel that I'm talking to somebody who has spiritual hurts within. And that thing will be a seed of bad things for you in the future. Diseases and other problems and so many things. It will grow up to be a curse. You know, sometimes when I just stand by people, I sense within them. Sometimes somebody is sitting in front of me and I can feel that, look, there is so much hate, you know, and offense, you know, and pain and whatever. And I tell you, it's one of the most important things to be free from. Because I tell you, there is every prayer God will answer. But one prayer he will not answer. And he will not, not even one prayer, but every other prayer which is related to you not forgiving somebody, I tell you, you are condemning yourself. And so God says that he is to set at liberty them that are bruised. Today receive healing from your offenses. From the things that you are always offended about. Things that are hurting you. You know, something that has happened three years ago. Something that has happened five years ago. Something that has happened ten years ago. Look, you know, anytime somebody hurts you. You know, I remember one time I decided that, look, these people, I'm going to keep my distance. Because I realized that through being friends with certain people, I was being offended. And I realized that the offense is a temptation to destroy me, not them. Whatever they do to me, it's I am the one who becomes destroyed because of my offense, not because of what they did, but my distraction is beginning to grow because of my falling into temptation. Just like when you see certain people, you tend to say bad things. And it's not a good thing to say bad things. So if you look at, if you look on the television, you see somebody and you start saying bad things, change the channel immediately before you say something bad. Because it's a temptation for you. To criticize or to say something you shouldn't say. So quickly change the channel so you don't have the temptation to pass a negative comment. If you see somebody preaching on television, you don't agree with the preaching, quickly change the channel before you just pass a judgment on somebody you haven't called. How many have seen somebody preaching on the television before and something negative occurred to you and you almost wanted to say something bad? And you said it. You said it too. Mercy and atonement. So when you see certain things, just change the channel quickly. So that you don't get tempted. I'm telling you. Because when you are tempted, ask for hurts and offenses. You know, it's one of the most terrible satanic presences in your life. It's a presence. Satan will eat, feed on it. You see, the serpent was cursed to walk on the ground and eat dust. And the dust speaks. Dust is the earth. And the earth is what man was formed from, the flesh. You see, so Satan feeds on the flesh. So he feeds on your interest in bad things. He feeds on your desires. He feeds on your interest in sex, on your tendency to have unforgiveness. He feeds on your 
your, 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 your emotional behavior. He eats it. He eats dust because he's cursed to walk on the dust and eat the dust. And it's a symbol of the flesh. And so Satan works on your flesh and feeds on your things and uses it and destroys you through your flesh and every fleshly feeling and desire you have. That's why to be carnally minded is death. Because to be carnally minded is to be heavily exposed to Satan. He will feed on those things that are in you and that are in all of us. It's very important that you get rid of it. And it is natural for all of us to want to revenge. Vengeance is part of our nature. Revenge. All the stories, Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, and they are all stories of revenge. And even though they kill more people at the end of the fighting, we feel happy because it feeds our desire for revenge and our bloodthirstiness and our feeling to hurt the people who have hurt us and to strike back at those who have come against us. We like to see the murder of murderers. We like to, we are so happy when we see Bruce Lee doing that. And see, we are so happy. And when we say, and you see, murder is not good on anybody. You see, born again, blood testing believers enjoying the shedding of blood as we enjoy on camera. And you say, oh, and you see, Christian shout to Hosso. Forgive. Forgive my tongue, Lord. <laughs> How many have shouted some before? <laughs> Amen. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that thing is our nat- is our nature. Do you understand? And that is why if President Bush had not gone to attack Afghanistan or Al-Qaeda, the whole of America would have said, no, no he's weak. And it's like, if you attack me, I'll attack you. If you attack me, I'll touch you. If you do this, I'll do that. And it's our nature to get you back. I'll show you. If I can't show you, I'll change my face so that you see that. I, if I don't change my face, I'll be quiet. If I'm not quiet, I will do this. If it's uh, sex, I won't give you. If it is food, I will do that. If it's this, I will do this. <laughs> and then the spirit is there to revenge. I don't want to talk about some of the things that have happened in Ghana. Maybe somebody will think I'm being political. <laughs> You're encouraging me to preach it. <laughs> they are encouraging me to preach it. I should say. How many think I shouldn't say? How many think I should say? All right, I won't say it. Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to share with you tonight is that it's our nature. We were born 
to fight. We were born to quarrel. We were born to get revenge. We were born to be hurt and to hurt. And we were born to hurt twice as much. That's why in Israel, the law is an eye for an eye. A tooth for if, if, if there is an attack, you watch the news. If there is an attack on a suicide bomb in Israel, there will be some kind of bombing in Palestine. Israel, it's a, it's a standard point. You don't have to have, they don't have to have parliament meeting to know what to do. When you kill uh, 10 of us, we are going to kill 10 of yours. I think they have uh, 100. Is it 10 or 10 Palestinians? For one is to four. And the one is to four is in all of us. But I want you to know today, from today, as we come to the end of this miracle service, I want you to know that what you cannot do for yourself, the Holy Spirit can do for you. Amen. What you cannot do for yourself, the Holy Spirit. I want you to answer. How many have tried to get rid of poverty and it is seniorizing you? Stand up. If poverty has swept you. All right. Sit down. Sit down. The whole church will stand up. Now, some of us, it is not poverty we have tried to get rid of, but another captivity. That one too is swerving. But I'm I'm here to announce good news to you. I said, I'm here to announce good news to you. He can do a miracle in your life. And I see God doing a miracle in your life. You will never be the same again after tonight. Because God is canceling your death. God is breaking the prison bar. I see God breaking the prison bars. And you coming out in the name of Jesus. When you don't get rid of the heads, the heads will govern your life. And it will destroy you. But tonight, I want to just give you one last key. It's the key of the covenant. How many know that God is a covenant-keeping God? The God who keeps covenants. You've heard that before. God who keeps covenant. I just want to share with you very briefly, not in full, but at least in part, that God is a God who can be moved by your prayers. And there is one kind of prayer that we often do not employ, but it is a prayer that you can employ. In 1 Samuel chapter 1. You know the story of Hannah who was trying to have a baby. Everybody knows that story. Now, the Bible says, and this man there was a certain man of Ramath, Aim Zophim, of the Mount Ephraim. All right, he had two wives. One was Hannah, and the other was Penina. This one went up to the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice. When the time was come, Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and the daughter's portion. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. Amen. You see that God has blessed her in another way, for he loved Hannah. He loved her, but he, the Lord, had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret. 
because the Lord had shut up her womb. She was fretting, she was anxious, she was afraid because the Lord had shut up her womb. Now when you are anxious and the Lord has done something, your anxiety is not going to change it. Amen. And as he did so year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Alkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? Why is, thy, why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? No. The answer is no. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. And now Eli, the priest that sat upon uh, a seat by a post of the temple, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Everybody look at me. She prayed and wept sore. How many have prayed and wept sore before? Huh? How many have prayed and wept sore before? You prayed and wept sore. You are, if you haven't prayed and wept sore, you are pre-seniors. But then in verse 11, she went a step further. And I want you to see this further step. It's a step that I want to introduce to you. Perhaps I will go up on it again further uh, later on. And it says, and she vowed a vow. I said, she vowed a vow. And said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. Amen. End of reading. Hallelujah. You know the story. If you don't know it, go home and read. I'm not really sharing about that. But I just want you to receive something tonight because I believe this is for somebody. God wants to answer your prayer. You see, the anointing may be anointed, but it may not work. <laughs> the prayers may be prayed, but they may not work. The fasting may be fasted, but it may not work. The calling on God may, be, may happen, but still. Coming to church regularly may come on, but it may still not work. But today I want to show you something that may be a key to bring you out of prison. How many want the key to the prison? One day, some men of God came to town and they said they were bringing us keys. Amen. Somebody came and said, they are giving us keys but there are no doors. But I want you to know there are always doors for us to open. This is something if you don't need it today, you may need it one day. I'm saying if you don't need it today, you may need it one day. Are you listening to me? I said if you don't need it today, you may need it one day and in this one Hannah prayed if you remember her husband was giving her offering offerings for her double offerings sometimes the offering works sometimes it doesn't work huh. you see God will never be restricted to a formula that's why it looks as though some parts of the Bible are not true give and it shall be given to good men a hundredfold 
And then, in our minds, we want to change God into a jackpot. What is that thing? What do they call it? The one they go and they... They want to do gambling. Money what? One-armed bandits. So you, 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 you put your money in and you press, whoop, and then hundredfold comes out. We want to turn God. Why do they have those things in Accra? Casino. Casinos are where? Osu and where else? Kolegono. Mauli Spot. Choco Station. Hey! Hmm. I was in Johannesburg and I saw a sea of these machines with a sea of people working day and night putting in one expecting hundred putting one expect hundred putting one expect hundred and that's what we want the offering to be putting one get hundred putting one get hundred <laughs> I tell you and God can never be turned into a one-armed bandit, if that's what it's called. It will never happen. Never. Never. Can you understand why your things don't work? Because in your mind and in your heart, that is what you are trying to get God to do. I will give this and this will happen. I will do this and this will happen. I will do this. And, and you see, as soon as God sees you are coming with that thing, you know, he just moves from that and he changes his posture. He said, now it's fasting. Then as soon as you change, I say, now I'm going to fast 40 days and nights. Then God changes. There's no more fasting that is going to work. It's worship. Then as soon as you try to use the worship as a formula, we'll worship and sing this song and sing this song and sing that God says, I've changed the worship to prayer. Because you cannot convert God into a machine. No matter how many years you try to convert him into a machine. It's not going to work. And that's why I'm showing you another way. I'm talking about the anointing, but I'm showing you another way. Is the way of vows. Can you vow? This is for people who don't tell lies. It will not work for people who tell lies. If you have a problem with lying, this key cannot work for you. This key is for those who tell the truth. And no one except God knows whether you tell the truth. Hannah prayed. She came to Shiloh. That is the convention. Regularly. Shiloh means convention. Shiloh is the place where they gather. That is why in Winners Chapel, when they are going for their convention, they call it Shiloh. They are going to Shiloh. It's the gathering. She was always in church. She was always meeting. She was always giving offerings. She was always present. And her offerings were double. And she, she was prayerful. She prayed. Not only was she prayerful, she was emotional. She was crying. Still, there was no answer. But one day, I said one day, she was sinyazo to the point where she got to a place and she said, Lord, I'm going to, I, 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 I swear. You see, some of us, God has been waiting on us. He wants to bless us. But he wants to bless us with a condition. God is the originator of agreements. If you don't know, he's a covenant-making God. He made covenants with 
Noah. He said, I won't spoil the earth like this again. Made covenants with Abraham. He made covenants with Isaac. Jacob made a covenant with God. He said, if you keep me, if you protect me, if you do this, I will give you one tenth. Up to today, Jacob, which is Israel, are keeping that covenant and giving God one tenth. Israelis. And God is also keeping his side of the covenant. But Hannah said, Lord, this thing is precious to me, so I'm also going to give you something that is precious to me. If you bless me, I want to promise something to you. Can there be a prayer coming from, what's your name? Irene. Irene. Did you come to the camp? No. All right. Ale. Please, relax. If you can make a covenant with God, a Lord, this great thing that I desire from you, if you do it, I will do this. It may be the key that will open a certain door for you. I will explain. And someone said, okay, I'll promise the Lord 100,000. Do you know how to make an agreement with the Lord? How many want to know the key to making a covenant with the Lord? Huh? Huh? You want the key? Because someone said, how ah, should I make a covenant with the Lord? 5,000 or 10,000? Or what is it? What I will tell you is, is the same law of all agreements. You see, whenever there is an agreement, there must be something that passes from dance to hence, and something that passes from hence to dance that is similar. So if I say, I will give you my house, you get it, then you must agree to pay me so much money that is equivalent to my house. Otherwise, there will be no agreement. Nobody exchanges his house for 5,000 CDs. If it's a house, Oh, you don't understand what I, if I say I'm renting you my house, do you know how much it costs to rent my house? For me to give you my room, my bathroom, my toilet, my storeroom, my kitchen, my this, my land, and everything, for you to live inside my house and spoil the house for two years, then in exchange for that, what you have to give me must be something that corresponds to what I'm also giving you. And all human beings, including God, make agreements on the terms that agreements are made. Are you listening to me? So Hannah desired a life, a life, a living life. She desired to have life, a little life to hold. And she made an agreement. You see, the agreement. You see, when somebody comes to you and says, Let's make an agreement, I'll sleep with you and I'll give you chocolate. No. We don't agree to such things. I'll sleep with you, then you put a ring on my finger. Then I agree with you to sleep with you. But if you don't put ring and you don't sign, I won't sleep with you. Chocolate is not enough. 
Oh, you still don't understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to come down to your level. You get it? You want to stay in my house with my room, my this, my this, my this, and after you say you'll give me how much? 2,500. No, 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 no. It's too small. And we don't even talk about it. What do you want from the Lord? What do you need from the Lord? What are you asking the Lord for? Can I make a covenant with the Lord? Can I? You can make a covenant with the Lord. And today God is saying to you, you can make a covenant with him and say, Lord, this thing that I'm requiring from you, if you give it to me, I will also give this to you. And then when we finish making the agreement, the first question is, who will go first? <laughs> who will bring his own first? <laughs> I'm waiting for the Lord to perform his own before I perform mine. <laughs> Even if you don't need what I'm saying today, one day you may need it. How many realize that one day you may need it? How many need it now? Hey, just now, no, you need it. You want me to give you my car, Toyota Corolla, 1995 model. And in exchange, you will take me to Papaye and buy me rice and chicken. Rice and chicken for my Toyota Corolla 1995. Seven years old. No. I said no. Do you know what the promise that Hannah made? She said, you see, I'm asking you for a life. I don't have any life. But if you give me a life, I will give the life, I will give a life to you. Totally. I will not have anything to do with this life. It is the life that you have given. I have given it back to you. It's not mine again. Exchange. It was a very good deal. God couldn't even withdraw from such a good offer. How many realize that when you get a good offer, you are tempted? Everybody here must decide to tempt the Lord with a good offer. I said, make a good offer to the Lord today. Make a good offer. Some of us, we've, we've made offers. And so when you are coming to the Lord now with your good offer... You must look carefully into the back and see perhaps you use some of you promise the Lord if I pass this exam, Lord, I will serve you. You passed and you didn't serve him. Lord, if you give me a husband, I will serve you. He gave you a husband and you took off. Lord, if you give me a wife, Lord, Lord, let her say yes. If she says yes, I'll serve you the rest of my days. When she said yes, you turned away from him. Thank you, Lord. Bye-bye. If you will heal me, Lord, I will, I will serve you. But sometimes God hears and says, you are lying. You are lying. You won't serve me. You won't serve me. How many of us have been to the church before there was pledges? You pledged. How many of you? 100,000, this thousand, this thousand. And then you didn't bring it. Raise your hand. If you pledged before, you didn't bring it. You must not be in a hurry to make a vow. Forgive. Life for life, blood for blood, 
Blessing for blessing. Lord, give me such a blessing. Give me a new life. And God is, and you are, and you are saying to the Lord, okay, Lord, if you give me a new life, I will give you my life. If you give me a new life, I'll give you my life. It's, it can work. What do you think? Because it's life for life. If you, if you give me a new life, Lord, give me a new life in America. Give me a new life in America. How many want a new life in, in New York City? In this section here. No, no, the rest of the church, no. Just these people here. You want a new, uh, they are standing up. <laughs> Just those in front here. A new life in New York City. God will say, okay. In exchange for that, the remainder of your days, how old are you? 28. 28. 28 plus what is equal to 70? <laughs> 42. 42. I told you people that 40 plus or minus, you see that most people are quenching. So God, you are saying, Lord, if you give me a new life in America, I promise you the rest of my days it will be a life that I'm also dashing to you for your service. I mean, I'm just giving you an example. I'm not saying that, hey, we went to church today, they told us that if we promise the Lord that he will welcome, then he will give us visa. Because you see, God also knows whether you are lying. Because you have lied to him 50 times already. How old are you, young lady? 27. 27. Lord, if you give me a new life with this, with a, new, a man, a brother, Jack Toronto, you know? If you give me Jack Toronto, Lord. So that from the age 28 until the next 42 years, Lord, I'm going to be with you, Lord. I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm going to do it. I'll sing for you, Lord. I'll be in church. I'm going to love you, Lord. And then Jack Toronto comes. And then your pastor will be calling you to come for a meeting. And you say, these pastors that have come, they just wake up and then they'll be calling at any time. Do, have they given birth before? Do they know what is to go to labor ward and come? When I'm struggling with my children here, then you say prayer meeting and fast. If I fast, do you think I will have milk in my breast to be feeding my, my baby? New life. Lord, I'm tired of walking. Lord, I want a new life where I drive a car and I come to church in an air-conditioned car, Lord. Lord, I'm tired of walking. I'm tired of sweating. Whenever I, I come and uh, you see me wiping my... Ah, and I'll be greeting the sisters. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Lord, if you give me a new life of comfort, Lord, I promise you, of all that you give me, I will pay what? 20%. 20% tithes instead of 10%. It's not bad. It's quite a good deal. It may work. Sit down. Lord, I'm dying. If you raise me up, I will only work for you. Heal me. 
Can you make a covenant? Life for life. Blood for blood. Good deal for good deal. Good deal for good deal. Good deal for good deal. God is a covenant-making God. And Hannah said, Lord, I will. I will give you this life. You give me, I will give you. I promise you. She will never, this child will not, it has, oh, I said that, that covenant that God knew when she made that covenant, that was it. And that is when the Lord opened her womb. Some of us, God has not opened the prison door because the things you are shouting from behind the prison door, Lord, if you bless me. I once met a brother in America. No church, no this, this, that. I said to him, my brother, it would have been better you didn't come here. He said, Pastor, it's true. It would have been better that I didn't come here. I shouldn't have come. I shouldn't have come. May God open your heart. As we go home, I want you to ponder over this. I want you to think over this. God is saying to you, there may be something that he desires from you. And if you make a covenant with him, that may be the key that will bring you into a certain place. Maybe you don't need it today. One day you may need it. And God may also need something from you. And then you can make a deal. Go and read your Bible throughout. If you will serve me, I will do this. If you do this, I will do that. If you do this, I will do that. If you do this, I will do this. If you do this, I will do it. What do you have that the Lord needs? What can you? Sometimes you have to look around and say, what do you have? Often all that we have is our lives. All that we are. And all that we have. We come back to the Lord and say, Lord, even the thing I'm coming to promise, God, is already yours. But you see, do you know why? It's because we often act as though it's ours. The things he has given us, you know, the reason why we even have to make covenants is that we have possessed them as though they are ours and they are not the Lord's. And that is what even brings... Because ideally, nobody should be able to make a covenant with the Lord because everything we have is for him anyway. But it is not so. Everything we have is not his. Our days are not his. Our youth is not his. Our life is not his. Our student days are not his. Our working life is not his. Our motherhood days are not his. They are under our control and we don't give them to him. That is how come something like this will even come into a question. Come into question. Because they are not really his. They are ours. We have seized them. We have possessed them. We have held on to things that God has given us as though those things are God's. That's why God sometimes will hold back you know, because he can't, he can't, it will not even occur to Hannah to give her child to God. He has to take her through certain things before it will even occur to her that, look, this thing, and give it to the Lord and see what will happen. Some of the pain that we are going through, look up to the Lord and say, Lord, if you save me, I will save others. If you save me, I will save others. It also sounds fair. You see, in the judgment, God said that give them blood to drink in Revelation because they have shed the blood of the saints. Give them blood to drink. God's covenant are like that. This for this, that for that. You want God to make you rich, will you make his house rich? Make me fill with silver and gold and I will fill your house with silver and gold. How many people have said that? I've never done it. How many people have had riches and silver and gold? And although they became personally wealthy, the house of God did not become personally wealthy. 
Of course, a few drops makes it look like the house of God is being blessed. But in the realm that the Lord can bless us, often when he blesses us, we don't return. So God is saying to you today, hey, let's discuss. Have you read that scripture before? Come let us reason together. Have you heard it, Have you heard it before somewhere? Come let us discuss. Come let us reason together. You've heard it before? There's a verse also, it says that, plead, come and plead your case before the Lord. Some of you, if God was to save your husbands, you would just, you see, there are some people you would think they will bring their husbands to, to God, to the church, or even to ministry. But if God saved your husband, you will now encapsulate him more. He will never even be in the house of the Lord. Blood for blood. Life for life. I'm talking to you today. I say, how many can hear that God is speaking to you today? Yeah. God is not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should repent. But we are men. That is why we lie. And we are the sons of men. That's why we repent and always change our minds. But God is looking for somebody who will not change his mind. And say, Lord, here I am. From now till I die, it is so. From now till this, this is what it means. From now this, from now this, Lord, if this, then that. If God can find somebody, hey, listen, oh, if God can find somebody to make an agreement with that, okay, I'm going to give you $100 million. When I give you $100 million, I want you to give my house $50 million. How many would like that deal? Raise your hand if you like that deal. Most of us, if you gave us $100 million, even the church, you will leave the church. Because you will be bigger than us. You can't relate with us. We are small, small, uh, this thing. You come and say to the church, okay, get $10,000, get $1,000. You know, you, now you don't know money. Take $1,000, take $1,005. Pastor, be blessed with $1,000. Take $1,005, take whatever. And we will just move away quietly. God is looking for people he can bless with certain blessings. May your heart be open so that you can be one of the people that he can bless. Stand to your feet, everybody. All right. Lift your hands to the Lord. Just thank him right now for what he has spoken to you. We are, we are going to be ending in just a few minutes because I sense there's some serious spirit of tiredness here. And uh, we're just going to end in a few minutes, but we'll just pray a bit, and then we'll be closing. But I believe God has already done wonderful things in our lives. How many realize that God has already done wonderful things in our lives? Father, we thank you for your great blessing. Just lift your hand and speak to the Lord. Lord, is there any covenant you want me to make? Is there any blessing you want me to have? Just thank him. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. I am the Lord. 
tonight healing is going to take place whatever your disease whatever your problem wherever your life is he is the Lord that he healeth thee he is the Lord the Lord the Lord that healeth thee come on lift your hand and sing it you are the Lord Jesus said, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Tonight God is asking, what do you want? Because what you want may be different from what somebody else wants. May be different from what even God wants for you. And that's why Jesus said, what do you want? And the man said that I may see. Tonight I want you to lift your hand and ask the Lord whatever. Wherever you need a healing, maybe in your body, maybe in your mind. Maybe in your heart, in your soul, wherever you are. Maybe your finances. Maybe your marriage. Maybe your physical body. Receive your healing right now. Everywhere in this place. He is the Lord that healeth thee. What a healing Jesus we have tonight. Touching you and healing you. Receive your healing right now. In the name of Jesus. In your body in your eyes somebody's being healed in the eyes receive your miracle right now in the eyes receive it in jesus name somebody's seeing things you wouldn't have seen those things before but god is opening your eyes receive a miracle in your heart somebody's being healed in the heart wherever you are standing receive it outside and inside Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Somebody's life is being extended. It's happening now. You are supposed to die, but God is touching you. You shall live and not die. In Jesus' name. God is healing you right now. God is taking you to the labor ward where you thought you would never go. Receive it in Jesus' name. 
God is taking away the spirit of barrenness. Receive it in the name of Jesus. God is touching your life. He's healing your mind. Somebody suffering from madness and depression. The Lord is healing your mind right now. He's healing you right now. What a healing, Jesus. Lift your hand and sing it. What a healing, Jesus. Lifting up your hands to the Lord, what a healing Jesus. I see him touching you, young lady. Over there, God is touching you. What a healing Jesus. What a healing Jesus. What a healing Jesus. What a healing Jesus. To restore. To refresh. not well in any part of your body, I want you to place your hand there right now. In any part of your body. If you can't put your hand there, just put your hand somewhere. Father, I thank you for miracles. I thank you for healing. Receive it. Some of you feel a heat passing through your body. You feel the warmth passing through your body. He's touching you right now. He's healing you right now. Receive it. Receive. God is taking your life further. He's touching you. You shall live and I particularly send the spirit of death. You know, spirit of premature death. God is healing you right now in Jesus' name. Receive your healing. Receive your miracle. Receive your breakthrough. He's alive. He's alive. And he's touching you. He's touching you. He's healing your life. He's healing your soul. He's healing your marriage. He's healing your body. He's healing you. Lumps in the breast are going right now. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Outside, in the outside, receive your healing. Upstairs in the balcony, receive it in Jesus' name. Everywhere, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, receive it. Begin to thank him right now. Everywhere, just thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Gonorrhea is being healed in Jesus' name. HIV is going right now. Receive your healing from HIV now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Save me, O oh Lord. Save me. Heal me, O oh Lord. And I will be healed. Jesus, thank you. I see God healing you right now. I sense his healing anointing. 
going through this place. He wants to heal you right now. He wants to save you. Come on, lift your hand and sing it. Heal me. Heal me, oh Lord. a touch from the Spirit of God right now. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. It's happening all over this place. Receive it. Heal me and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved. God is saving you now. God is touching you now. He's healing you now. He's saving you now. You could not save yourself but He's saving you. You could not set yourself free but He's setting you free. Receive it everywhere in this room. You could not do it for yourself. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You could not do it for yourself, but he's doing it for you now. Thank you, Lord, for your great blessing. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.